This is Including You, the new series from Lead at Any Level. Including You features stories from chief diversity officers and other executives who are creating inclusive cultures in their organizations. Our goal is to show what's working in companies just like yours, to give you the tools you need to keep pushing for progress in your own workplace. We want to create belonging and opportunity for everyone, including you. And now here's your host, Amy C. Wanninger. Welcome back to Including You. I'm your host, Amy C. Wanninger, the Inclusion Catalyst. My guest today is Sarah Morgan. She's the Director of Human Resources and Organizational Development at Health New England, a nonprofit health plan serving members in Massachusetts and Northern Connecticut. Health New England has over 400 employees, primarily in Western Massachusetts. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm really excited to be here. I am excited to talk to you today. And I, for those of you who are listening, we had this amazing pre-call where we found out we have a hundred thousand things in common. And just one of them is a passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and an interest in health equity. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today, Sarah. And let's start by talking a little bit about why is inclusion important for an organization like Health New England? Yeah, thank you. That's a fantastic opening question because I think that's the place where every organization should start. Why is it important for an organization like the one that you do, the kind of work that you're in, the kind of industry that you're in? And for Health New England and for organizations like us that are dealing in the healthcare space and focused on health equity, a mission-driven health plan, it is absolutely vital that health plans and organizations like Health New England are focused entirely on DEI and health equity. Uh, at Health New England, we actually use DEIB, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. We feel it's so important that we take it to that next step and incorporate belonging as an experience for our employees who we call associates. And for our associates to really feel like they can bring their true selves to work and the workplace in order to really meet the needs, the health needs and the health equity needs of our members out in the community. And for the communities that we serve to really focus on what they need as, as a community. This podcast, Living Corporate, it's brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with the audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, on your terms. Let me tell you something. Y'all might not know this, but Living Corporate, we started our whole journey on Squarespace. My website, ZacharyNunn.com, it's on Squarespace. I can't tell you how much I appreciate its fluid engine, the ability to create world-class templates and design. It's very intuitive, incredible. We have custom merch through our Squarespace. We have an incredible asset library, so I can always mix it up, switch and swap, it's super dope. And the fact that you can host all types of content, video, audio, all types of media, you can put all on your Squarespace. I can't recommend it enough. If you want to learn more about Squarespace, check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com backslash corporate 
to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Now, when you talk about being a mission-driven health plan, can you explain a little bit more about what that means? Absolutely. Our mission at Health New England is to help improve the health and lives of the people in our communities. And when we added or when we, we began our DEI journey in 2020 after the murder of George Floyd, what we really were thinking about is what does that truly mean? Who are our communities first and foremost? And we started with thinking about the communities within our workplace, our actual workforce, our associates, and how are they experiencing the workplace as an employer, as a space where they experience. We spend so much of our lives at work. The workplace inclusion and belonging impacts their day-to-day life. Also the equity. We really had to think about how we as an employer are focused on our equitable policies and procedures as a workplace in order to make sure that people are really experiencing Uh, true inclusion and true equity within the workplace. It's only then when you can think about how do we go out and expand out into our community and meet the needs of of our community. When I say mission-driven, it means that for us, that's our North Star. We're always recalibrating based on that. Is this something that will help to deliver on our mission to improve the health and lives of the people in our communities, including those in our workplace, including our members, and including the community-based organizations that uh, also are a part of our community. I also think that when we think about being a really regional and local health plan, our employees are, they're going to the same grocery store as the people that we serve in our membership. They're walking the same streets. They're going to take their kids to the same parks. When we think about our mission, we think about how we're out there and supporting the people in our communities in a real tangible day-to-day way. And I think we always come back to that. It's our mission and how are we executing on it? So let's talk a little bit about the execution piece. What are you doing at, in your role or in the community, or in the organization specifically that you feel like is really moving the needle on inclusion, either in the workplace or in the marketplace? So at Health New England, when we first started our DEIB journey in 2020, we started with developing a five-pillar platform. And this is something that I think is a real success for Health New England, is that when we started to think about our DEIB work that we were going to be engaged in, we thought about it from a lot of different angles. Our five pillar platform, it started with this really impactful town hall that we had right after the murder of George Floyd, where we addressed the dual pandemic of racism and health equity in the COVID-19 space. We right away from the very ground up built our DEIB strategy around five pillars. And those pillars are associate engagement, our corporate platform, representation and retention, advancing health outcomes, and our community engagement. What I love about that is that we're thinking about building and embedding DEIB within our workforce and our work. And that for me is so important because I think a lot of times when we think about DEI or we talk about DEI, we're really focused on our workplace. And I think a lot of human resources teams are often solely focused on the point about recruitment and retention, engagement, um, as well as education, training, that sort of thing. But if we're not taking it that next step further too, and how does this impact our membership, then we're really not thinking about Health New England as a holistic or your organization as a holistic 
institution within this larger scheme of oppression. I think about how we fit into larger systems of oppression and larger systems of healthcare. We're taking it all the way from our workforce all the way out to our community. What we've tried to do is build individual initiatives and objectives around each of these five pillars. So things like our educational curriculum. We actually started out by developing a survey and we went out to all of our associates and asked our associates, what is it that you feel you know already about DEI and cultural humility and health equity? What do you feel like you need to know in order to execute on this strategic plan more effectively? And we built an entire curriculum around that. So we actually adopted Dr. Donna Hicks's uh, model of dignity. She wrote this fantastic book called Dignity and uh, has done a lot of work around that. We adopted that as our foundational educational model for our DEIB education, and we built up all of our trainings around the model of dignity. So that's been phenomenal. We've really used that because it starts with just core, how do people like to be treated? And I think that's something that everybody can really relate to. We've created this safe space around talking about DEI through our educational model. And that's just pillar one. And there's four other pillars that we're doing a, a lot of work around. Pillar four around advancing health outcomes. So that's where the health equity really comes into play. We've done a lot in terms of identifying where our members have have experienced and are experiencing barriers with respect to their health outcomes through our quality data and working with our NCQA health equity accreditation that we just submitted last week. It's really exciting. Uh, we're participating in the Health Plan Alliance's health equity work uh, that they're doing. That's a, a wonderful organization of similarly situated health plans across the country. I think you've actually had another Health Plan Alliance plan on your show. Um, who spoke about this a little bit. So these are the kinds of things. We're networking with other health plans who are trying to do similar things to advance health outcomes in their communities as well. Uh, identifying strategies on how we're gonna collect the data that we need from our membership in order to uh, meet their unique needs as a population. So that's pillar four. And I could go on and on. We've done quite a few things. Our, our mentorship program, increasing our efforts around representation and recruiting and retention and all of that. But I would say we are well on our way and we are doing things at quite a rapid pace in terms of DEI and health equity. Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl from Happy Mama. EstroControl contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including EstroControl. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. 
It's interesting that you talk about uh, health equity from a health plan perspective, because I think this is one of those areas where there's such a divide in this country, in the U.S., between the haves and have-nots in terms of health care. And I'm curious, how does this play out in the types of plans that you offer? How do people access you? Is it purely employer-driven or are your plans available on the open market? How does that work and who are your plans available for? Yeah, so we offer health plans in all lines of business. So commercial, both fully funded and self-insured. We offer plans on the Massachusetts Health Connector. We also offer Medicare plans as well as Medicaid. And for Medicaid in Massachusetts, those are our mass health plans. So we have a what's called an accountable care organization that works with within partnership with community health centers to provide health care services um, and health coverage for the lower income folks in our communities. When you ask about how a health plan's role in delivering health equity, I think one of the things that health plans are uniquely situated is being this real data center. We are really working as a health plan to boost our data around REL and SOGI data. So that's race, ethnicity, language, disability, and sexual orientation, gender identity data. We have identified areas where we're lacking in that data for certain populations because it's not been required. Health equity, I think in this sense, you know, there's a real effort around collecting this kind of data around within health plans and within our membership. So we're really focused on collecting that data, storing that data appropriately, utilizing that data and developing health programs in terms of where are we seeing gaps in things like maternal health care, for example. So in Massachusetts, that's a real focus statewide. We're able to really start poking around to see, okay, which facets of our membership either have or have not accessed their prenatal care, for example. And we're able to really drill down um, into this particular population has not accessed the prenatal care that would serve stronger maternal health outcomes. So we're able to target and, and have more programming around that. I will say that we're working really hard to develop more data sets, more comprehensive data sets across all lines of business. But this is a real focus, both statewide as well as at Health New England, to make sure that we have the data we need to really develop strong programs around um, health equity for our membership. Living Corporate is brought to you by Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program. It's incredible. Okay, so first off, you didn't know, Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They have fast language acquisition, meaning you're actually going to pick up the language because it's going to provide an immersive experience for you through their program. Speech recognition gives you a trainer for your accent. Convenient, right? You can use it on your computer. You can use it on your phone. Incredible value. Lifetime membership has all languages for any and all trips or language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stones offers for 50% off. That's a steal, y'all. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Living Corporate listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today, today. And I would imagine that there's more to it than just giving people a, a, a benefits card and sending them a, an explanation of benefits whenever they use it. There's probably a, a huge 
educational component around this. And you mentioned earlier about health inequities during the pandemic and disparate outcomes during the pandemic. Um, and I know that community outreach isn't necessarily your role, but are you seeing an increased effort in outreach to the community, in education, in the kind of the public relations campaigning around what's available in health plans, how to access them, how to get the most out of them? Yeah, it's a great question. It definitely is more than just sending the card. That's step one. Um, there's a lot of member engagement work. And to your point, uh, this is not my particular role as in director of, of human resources. Uh, but what I will say is that we're a small health plan. We all wear a lot of hats and we all jump in when it comes to some of these larger organizational wide initiatives to support our members. So when we talked about the mission and the true north, we're all jumping in and lending our areas of expertise. Uh, for example, one area that we've identified is around gender identity and how there's a big push right now to make sure that people are able to access the care that they need, regardless of the gender that they identify as. There's a lot of operational pieces, and there's also a lot of misunderstanding about that. So we're all trying to jump in and, and say, okay, what about this and strategize and problem solve? And as much as, as much as this is not my particular area of expertise in terms of our member engagement, I think we all play this real supporting role for this larger work that we're doing around engaging our members, educating our members. To your point, there's a lot of focus on member engagement translation services. There's a lot of work happening across the country, but in particular in Massachusetts, I think there's been a real emphasis around this. And as a health plan, it's something that we're really focused on. I think in my role, I have this unique opportunity to be a hype person for the folks who are really doing this work and, and making sure that the education is there for our associates so that they are better positioned to really we talk about adopting this health equity lens, this DEI lens. I prefer to think of it more as a framework because we who wear glasses know that you can take a lens off. I want people to really be approaching all these things that we're doing with the framework of DEI and health equity embedded in it so that every single person, regardless of their position in the organization, is like issue spotting and saying, okay, there's an area where we could maybe tweak. I'm going to make I'm going to create more of an inclusive language here. It says his, her, let's make it there. That everybody is thinking about how do we make sure that everybody can access us as a health plan, us as an employer with that, you know, that just that extra touch of inclusion and equity. Got it. Thank you for elaborating on that. And I'm sorry to ask you a question outside of your scope of work, but it's just fascinating to me how all of this stuff works together. And I don't get to, I don't get to peel it back as much as I want, even though I love doing the show. So I'm wondering, though, as you were talking about your five pillars and all of the activities there, what are some of the results that you're seeing having done this work for the last few years? So one thing that is really exciting is over the, first of all, let me just back up. First of all, we use Prescani for our annual employee engagement survey. I think that we, because we've used this engagement survey for quite some time, we have a lot of historical data that we can rely on. Even though maybe historically it wasn't leveraged for DEI efforts, we can now look to it and say, okay, that's a measure that has a lot to do with DEI that we can now take and we can use as a historical benchmark, even though we maybe weren't measuring it for that purpose initially. So for example, one of the questions that we have asked since we've used this Prescani survey is, I feel 
everyone has an equal opportunity for promotion regardless of background. And what we've noticed is that historically, that question has performed low relative to the rest of the items on the survey. It's typically been within our top five or our top 10 areas of, of opportunity. We took that as a DEIB under our pillar three. We've got subcommittees that are working on each one of our pillars and the initiatives under each one of our pillars. For pillar three, our representation and retention pillar, that was the goal that they took on for 2022 going into 2023. We recognize that we call it Press Gainey 77. We recognize that PG 77 was a lower performing item. That's the one we're going to focus on. We went really in-depth trying to think about, okay, is this about perception or is this about the true availability to opportunities? Is this about coaching people up to opportunities, about succession planning, about mentorship? And we tried to tackle it from a bunch of different areas. One of the things that we implemented in 2022 was an organization-wide mentorship program that was available to any uh, associate within the organization. We had such an overwhelming uh, response to this because for years people had been asking, I want more opportunities for career development, for professional development within the organization. What we were able to say to people is we heard you. We heard that this is something you've been asking and, and we have implemented this mentorship program. We had, I want to say eight, we aimed as a, as an organization, we put this in our variable compensation plan objectives for last year to have five one-to-one -one pairings. And because of the overwhelming response, we had 18 one-to-one -one pairings. And we actually had so many people that we created three smaller group mentoring circles. And we also were redoing the program this year and we have 21 one-to-one -one pairings. So people absolutely love it. But the biggest thing that I'm excited about is that through the work that we did my, my team working really hard to make sure if we have an internal candidate for a an opportunity, we're really taking a look at the strengths that person brings to the table. And we're talking to that leader about, about that candidate and making sure that we're monitoring as that candidate goes through the process. And for any candidate who's not selected by the leader, then we're working with that person to identify what other opportunities might be available to you. Through all of these collective efforts, not only did we see 50% of all positions that were filled in Q1 of 2023 this year, 50% were filled with an internal candidate of all positions filled. That felt like a huge success. And actually, I'm really excited to say that we just got our preliminary results from the 2023 survey, and we saw improvement in that Prescani 77 item for the first time the entire time that we have had uh, this survey. So I can't say, you know, for sure, standing right now that today is a result of our work, but I have to say to see that jump for the first time in five or six years since we've used this survey feels to me like success. These are the things that we're looking at, that we're talking about. We're really diving in deep to the data that we have access to and taking the wins where we can and saying, okay, now let's keep going, right? Taking those wins and successes because we know DEI is a journey. It's not an overnight. So we're we're three years into our five-year strategic plan, and to see some of these wins start to happen, the trust that we're building with our organization through our DEIB efforts is huge as well, and I'm, I'm, we're really taking that as a DEIB committee and trying to leverage that moving forward. Thank you for sharing. It's always exciting when somebody says, you know what, we measured, and we did something, and we measured again, and the number moved. And I think there's, it may not, it may be correlation. It may be not a direct um, cause and effect, but it sure seems like one. 
And that's not just a win for the team that did the work. That's a win for the organization as a whole. Because not only are they having better outcomes or feeling better and more positive about the organization, but they're actually seeing movement based on their feedback, which is so important, as you said, in building trust. So you mentioned that you're about halfway through your five-year roadmap, this five-year roadmap. What's next for you in this work? So yeah, so we're five, we're about halfway in to this five-year plan. And at this point, what I'm excited about is we have an opportunity to collect, to collect the wins, to collect the, the additional areas for opportunity. This is a moment where we get to reflect on how far we have come to celebrate that, but also to figure out what comes next. And I think to your point, the wins for the organization Sometimes I think they can feel small, they can feel big, they, this is a journey. And I think what's really important for the folks who are in the leadership of the DEIB team and the leadership of the organization to just continue to commit to this, continue to commit and to continue to help support people to feel like everything that we're doing matters and we're going to continue to move this forward. When we think about the next five years, the remaining two years on our plan, and then the next five years, we're really looking at ways that we can continue to sustain these efforts over the long haul. So things like institutionalizing the requirements around diverse vendor selection, for example, where how do we make that just rinse, wash, and repeat so that we don't backtrack on any of the successes that we've already had, but we continue to move forward in the areas that we need to. So I think one of the things personally, um, you know, that I'm excited about is the networking opportunities and the building. I think for me, it's about building capacity within the community, uh, reaching out to other employer groups that maybe haven't come quite as far as Health New England has and trying to build capacity community-wide around, um, around DEI and equity work. And I think there are some groups in our area that are in the initial planning stages of trying to do that, but really just like reaching out and being a model and trying to serve as a model and helping to support other organizations that are maybe a little less far down in the planning stages. Personally, that's for me exciting in the work that we're doing. I'm also personally really excited. I'm starting my own master's program in this year as a, you know, as a leader in this space, but as particularly as a white leader in this space. It's really important for me. I would, I never identify as any sort of subject matter expert in DEI. And I really don't think it's possible. I think uh, it's really important to just focus on yourself as an expert in your own experience, and then just continue to learn and continue to be on your own journey. For me, it's about really reflecting and continuing to do that work and to learn from um, others who have put themselves out there as and educating, continuing to read and that sort of thing. So I think that for as an organization, this is a moment of reflection as a person. I think it's always important to just continue to reflect on your own areas of opportunity for growth. Absolutely. Sarah Morgan, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your experience and your successes, Health New England successes with our audience. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate you. Thanks for all you're doing. If you've enjoyed this episode, follow Lead at any level on LinkedIn and YouTube. 
Then join us for Including You video simulcast every Thursday at noon Eastern. Including You can also be enjoyed each week as part of the Living Corporate Audio Podcast Series, available on all major podcast platforms. Learn more at living-corporate.com. Including You is brought to you in part by Lead at Any Level, a boutique training and consulting firm improving employee engagement and retention for companies that promote from within. Lead at Any Level. Leaders can be anywhere and should be everywhere. Learn more at leadatanylevel.com. Lead at Any Level and its logo are registered trademarks of Lead at Any Level LLC. The views and opinions of guests on our show do not necessarily reflect the positions of Lead at Any Level, Living Corporate, or the sponsors of Including You. That's it for this week's episode of Including You. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like and comment wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get all of our episodes right to your inbox. Be sure to join me next week when my guest will be Dr. Christopher Witt from University of Denver.